0: Welcome to Fair Podcasts. On today's Fair Podcast, Influential Policymakers, we're joined by a key elected official to discuss how they are making a difference in the quest for better immigration controls. Let's start the show.
1: Well, welcome to Blue View. I'm Sherry Rendell, and I am the director of State and Local, and I'm joined by a special guest on the phone, Sheriff Mark Lamb. Welcome, Sheriff.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here. Well,
1: Sheriff Lamb was is from Chandler, Arizona, and he has a lot of experience in the private sector as a business owner and operator. And then he found his true calling as a law enforcement officer. He was elected in 2016. And he has previously attended the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office Deputy Academy, where he was valedictorian. He worked for the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community. He was Rookie of the Year his first year, and then the following year, he was named Officer of the Year, and he was later promoted to Detective. He's participated in DUI task force details, gang suppression, and has investigated numerous drive-by shootings, drug cases, and assaults, and homicides. Sheriff Lam also has a nonprofit organization the American Sheriff's Foundation, which is a way he gives back to the community. And if you'd like to say a couple words about that, Sheriff?
0: Yeah, you know, we I knew I wanted to help out where I could, and uh, so I started this charity, American Sheriff Foundation, and our mission is to bridge the gap between communities and law enforcement. So if you want to check us out, it's at americansheriff.org.
1: Well, that's definitely a able cause, and it's great to see sheriffs taking an active role in their communities besides just all of the great service you all do. Thank you. We have just recently finished, for the most part, I should say, I know there's still some outstanding races, the 2018 midterm elections, and a lot of the nation's eyes were on Arizona in the Senate race between Martha McSally and Kirsten Sistema. Can you share an insider's perspective about this
0: race? You know, I have actually uh, only met uh, Martha McSally. I met her one time. Um, this was long before she was just a congresswoman at the time, and uh, I had not met uh, Kirsten Cinema. And you know, I, this was a tough race here. We knew it was going to be a very tight race. Uh, Kirsten Cinema was from this area, Phoenix area, which is where. 4.5 million people live in Maricopa County. Um, and then, um, Congressman McSally, Congresswoman McSally is from the Southern Arizona part. So it was, a. It, we knew it would be a tough race. Um, <laughs> they caught me on election night on live TV and they asked me about it. And I, and I think I shared the sentiment of a lot of people that I was pretty disappointed in the race that both of them ran. I, it, I, uh, I thought the this political season was very ugly and in, and in Arizona that was one of the ugliest races we had. And so that part was a little disappointing, but I congratulations to Kirsten Cinema and and really what matters to us is being able to represent the people of Arizona well and and uh, continue to protect our rights. You
1: are probably a lot more involved in the governor's race and in fact I think you endorsed Governor Doug Ducey in his race against David Garcia. This was a race that focused on immigration issues. What do you think was most significant in that race?
0: And and yes, I did uh, endorse Doug Ducey. Uh, Governor Ducey has been great for law enforcement here. I think he's done a lot of good things for the state of Arizona. He's really boosted the economy, brought a lot of big businesses. So he brings a lot to the table um, and that was somebody that we needed to make sure that uh, continued on as the governor here in Arizona. I-, I thought that race was run a lot cleaner, and uh, I- I'm happy to see that the people voted to uh, re-elect Governor Ducey for another term. I think that's going to be great for the state of Arizona.
1: He's implemented something called a border strike force in Arizona. What does this do for law enforcement and was this a key component of his victory?
0: You know, it was definitely since he's been the governor. He's definitely uh, been very, like I said, pro law enforcement. As the governor, he oversees uh, our Department of Public Safety, which we've shifted from being highways uh, tro- from being a highway patrol to state troopers. Um, and part of that is they've expanded some of the things that they do. They have expanded into the Border Strike Force, assisting. Um, with, you know, drugs and smuggling and human trafficking. And, and uh, so the governor was, that was a big part of what he he pushed, uh, how pro-law enforcement he was. And, and he talked a lot about the good things that uh, they've been able to achieve.
1: And if I recall, uh, Governor Ducey focused on building the wall, whereas David Garcia wanted to abolish ICE. How does that play in a state like Arizona?
0: Well, you know, in Arizona, we deal with uh, we deal with drug smuggling, we deal with illegal immigration, we deal with human trafficking. We do we deal with that on a daily basis, especially on some of the border counties. And I know in my county, um, so a lot of the people in Arizona get it. I don't think that that was the right platform for Garcia, and uh, I think most of the people still. Even a lot of the people who may be registered as Democrats or independents, um, they see it firsthand here. And, and though we definitely need some immigration reform, um, you know, we've got to continue to protect our borders.
1: Definitely protecting our borders are very important, especially as we're starting to see the impending caravan getting closer and closer to the border. Uh, the ones that are coming from Central America. I know it's not just one. Do you think that this impacted the way Arizonans voted this last election?
0: Absolutely. I mean, you can't. There's no way you can take that out of the equation that it didn't play a role. Um, I think what this is is this is a culmination of just years and years and years of not protecting, not protecting, not getting uh, common-sense immigration reform put into place. And we're just continuing to fight to protect these borders and to keep drugs and human trafficking out of our communities and and uh, somebody to come along and talk about opening those borders or advocating for eliminating ICE. That just wasn't the right time, especially with this horde coming. They see our politics, our public sentiment, and they're trying to take advantage of that. And now more than ever, we need to stand up and and say, no, we have a process in place. You can follow that process. If you try to come into our country legally, we're going to have to enforce the law.
1: Well, it's definitely time to enforce the law. We've seen a lot of force building up at the border. We've seen President Trump send troops there. But it's been focused a lot on California and Texas as the likely areas they'll cross into this country. Does beefing up of the border in those two states impact Arizona? And how does it impact Arizona if it does?
0: Well, you know, we can potentially be impacted as well. I mean, it's like they said, they believe that those the majority of the people will come into the, come to Arizona, or excuse me, California or Texas. But, I mean, if uh, you might get groups that fracture off and 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 want to break away from the big groups, and try to cross on their own, or or try to cut a deal with the cartel and pay to be brought across our borders here in Arizona. So we we have to be just as as vigilant and just as protective as California or Texas needs to be.
1: To that end, have you and I and as a You, I mean, the state of Arizona made operational changes to prepare for these potential splinter caravans.
0: I mean, I don't want to get into any details of what, you know, people, what different agencies are doing, but they're obviously we are definitely taking measures. Uh, I think the president sending troops down, um, you know, I, I know that measures are being taken. So, you know, we have an obligation to the American people to protect them, to protect this country. And uh, I know that the different organizations, different agencies are working towards doing that.
1: That's great news to hear. And it's nice to know that even though it's not in the, the focus that, yes, they are bolstering all of the border states. One area that I feel doesn't get a lot of attention but probably needs to be addressed is that of the Indian reservations. Because they have their own treaties, there's potential for individuals coming from Mexico and Central America to cross into the Indian Reservation. Are they, uh, are they helping these caravans? Have you heard anything? Is there anything that you all are doing to up what, the relations between the Indian Reservation and the sheriffs, etc.?
0: You know, I, I, just to give people a logistical idea of where Pinal County is, We are approximately 70 miles off the border. Um, And on the south end of our county, we have a a very large reservation, the Tejano Dominion Reservation, which you mentioned, which actually extends into Mexico. And if you go down there on the border, there's just three uh, strands of barbed wire, maybe some Normandy barriers. So it's a very exposed area, and it's it's very rural and remote throughout that reservation. There are a lot of... um, There are a lot of uh, small communities out there. Um, What we do know is that the uh, reservation has opted out of Stone Garden. Um, We have lots of intel, and and there's also been cases put against um, tribal members down there who have assisted uh, cartels and assisted people in coming into this country or bringing drugs into the country legally. So that's something that we have to deal with. We work very well with our, our partner on the, uh, the tribal partners, um, and I, I 100% respect their sovereign nation, um, you know, and they've been a good partner as far as law enforcement is concerned. We definitely have some issues with the border, and, and we hope to be able to uh, strengthen that area because that directly affects us. And so as they tighten everything else up, it exposes us even more.
1: Well, we definitely hope they're able to help in this endeavor because that is something that the citizens of Arizona and the United States really need to be protected from.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we last we work with Border Patrol very closely. We work with uh, Stone Garden. In um, uh, four and a half weeks, we had, I think, 158 apprehension assists with the Border Patrol, and we are not a border county. And we recovered uh, I think five hundred pounds of marijuana, fifty pounds of hash oil. So when if you think that that's in one month and we're not a border county, um, it just goes to show you what kind of uh, what kind of daily battle it is for us to protect these communities.
1: Wow, that is really eye-opening. Um, I had seen an article in The Washington Times that had, touched on Yuma sector, which I believe is directly on the border, if I'm correct.
0: Yes, Yuma is right on the border.
1: So they had highlighted that three years ago, there was 425 illegal aliens arrested during the month of November. And then two days last week, they had 450 illegal aliens that were arrested just in that time frame. So it is definitely increasing um, the challenges you face are very real, and it takes a lot. And I know that you keep mentioning drug and human trafficking as issues you face all the time. How does the impending caravan impact that?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's clear that you, 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 you have to know that if you're a rationally thinking person, you have to know that this caravan isn't going to be comprised of all people that just are seeking asylum, that are trying to get away from, you know, um, issues in their countries that they come from. We uh, know from from uh, Intel that there have been Africans, Indians, people from Bangladesh, Haiti, uh, from all over the world that are mixed in with this. We know there's MS-13. We know there's Barrio uh, 18. So there's a lot of, of unsavory people mixed in with these crowds. There's a lot of uh, non uh, Mexican, non-Guatemalan, non-Honduran that are mixed in with these groups. And this should be something that should be alarming all Americans. And one of the things I've always talked about, and I think we've talked about this before, it is the reason I mentioned the drugs and the human trafficking is because the two go hand in hand. When you talk about, it's not about illegal immigration anymore. It is almost always has a nexus with human and drug trafficking. So even if you are uh, not for ICE or border, you know, you want unsecured borders, I'm sorry that if you're a person who believes in humanity and and humane treatment of human beings, then you should be disgusted with what the cartel does because they exploit humans on a daily basis. They make them carry drugs, they charge them money, they they make them pay with sex. I mean, this is... They are ruthless, and they will use human beings in any way, shape, or form to make money or further their criminal syndicate.
1: It truly is tragic, and it is horrible that these people are in situations in their home countries that are so awful, but they are really endangering their own selves by coming up and getting involved with these cartels and by enforcing our laws we're letting them know, don't do this, stay where you are, and we can better help you.
0: Yeah. You know, but obviously this is a, I mean, me personally, I think this, this has shenanigans written all over it, the amount of people that have come up in this horde. You know, if something's not right. You know, I don't know what it is, and, but something's not right. And I've been and I've lived in these other countries, a lot of these little villages, it would be hard to rally that many people to come up in a group that big. Um, and, you know, the cartel is going to exploit it how they can, too. We're so focused. If we get too focused on the horde, we're going to, I mean, that's a, we have to be careful that the cartel doesn't take advantage to bring a lot of drugs and humans over during that time as well.
1: You're so right about the, the tragic portion of this. and There are shenanigans, and unfortunately, with these cartels, people are going to be facing a lot more than they reckon for. Yeah. Is there anything else that I failed to ask that you'd like to bring out?
0: Oh, just that, uh, you know, I think that one one positive thing this election cycle was, uh, I, I think that a lot more Americans got out and voted, and I think that's great. Um, one of the big issues that I've said all along, and i and I know that we kind of believe the same thing, is law enforcement is doing our job. You know, we just sent a lot of... We, there was a lot of changeover with Congress and Senate. Well, guess what, folks? We need to hold those people accountable. We need common-sense solutions, not these big, thick laws that are full of of, of fat for different pet projects. We need common-sense solutions to problems, and immigration is one of those. And it's not law enforcement that... We're doing our job. We need to do their job as Congress and Senate, and uh, they need to, to get going. So hopefully those people that are coming in are there to do the job and represent the people of America.
1: We definitely agree on that. We hope that they do their job, and we are so proud of all of the sheriffs across this country that have been enforcing law, even in those difficult situations. And we thank you for all of your efforts and for your service.
0: Thank you. And thanks for having me on today. That's all for this episode of FAIR Podcasts. Be sure to click the subscribe button and head over to fairus.org to contact us through email or Twitter at FAIR Immigration to keep you up to date on the latest immigration update and reports. That's fairus.org.